Well, thanks for joining us again. Uh, previously, I, I started a conversation about how Christians should think about or can think about this um, the conflict right now in the Middle East. I want to conclude my thoughts, um, at least for now, from, from that um, today. Uh, Charles Krauthammer, the um, f- former uh, commentator and writer, once said, Israel is the only nation on earth that inhabits the same land, bears the same name, speaks the same language, and worships the same God that it did 3,000 years ago. You dig the soil there, and you find pottery from Davidic times, coins from Bar Kaaba, and 2,000-year-old scrolls written in a script remarkably like the one that today advertises ice cream at the corner candy store. You know, as Christians... I think Krauthammer touches on one of the reasons that we are so sensitive to what's going on right now in Israel, because we know Israel's historic place in God's heart, in scripture, how what God did through Israel set us up for Christ, um, how we are the, by faith, children of Abraham. And so, and then there are some uh, scriptures in the New Testament as well that lead people to questions about, and what about the future of Israel and God's plan? And all that kind of complicates things for us as Christians. We don't just look at the present day um, uh, uh, realities on the ground. We're also thinking historically. So in all of this confusion, what do we need to know for sure? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would uh, guide this uh, conversation that you would um, uh, lead us to think um, some righteous thoughts after you, and um, that you would just help us to uh, think as as you would think um, to be your people through Christ. We pray, Amen. Um, last time I talked about, for instance, how one of the things we need to remember for sure is that God is sovereign. We need to always remember that Jesus is the one who brings peace. Well, I want to continue to, today by reminding us, the other thing that we need to keep in mind is that truth, justice, matters. One of the th- things that I'm wrestling with right now with this conflict is that there's so much moral confusion. I had a friend say to me, um, both sides have sinned, both sides have been sinned against, and it's a confusing time. In fact, if I can put it in context, if I can give you a bottom line, I think what we're experiencing now, you ever read the book of Judges? And oftentimes it's really clear. The people who are on God's side, God leads, God blesses. When they disobey God, God withholds his covering from them. They experience punishment. They experience um, attack from uh, enemy nations. The strange thing happens. I find a really hard time understanding the book of Judges after Samson dies. Because if you read that, it's just really confusing. It's like they, uh, some of pe- the people ask God, should we go into battle? And God says, yes. And they get wiped and they get uh, defeated. Should we go into battle? Yes. And they get defeated. So you read the book of Judges. At the end of the book of Judges, though, the thing, the line that, that stands out is that everybody did what was right in his own eyes. 
And I think the book of Judges, that confusion you see where it's kind of like, who is right? Who is wrong? Who's God blessing? Who's God not blessing? It just gets really confused because everybody was doing what was right in his own eyes rather than saying, okay, we know we have wronged. We want to do, we want to follow God. We know that ultimately God is God and we want to be his people. That's not happening in the book of Judges. Leads to chaos and confusion. And and if, if, if there's one conclusion I have about what's happening right now in Israel, it's everybody's doing what is right in their own eyes. And this is what you see, I think, is the result of confusion because of of nobody really saying God is God. We want to honor him. Having said that, even though it's confusing, that's why it's all the more important for us to keep in mind that God is just, he is true, and he will judge. John 7, 24, Jesus said, stop judging according to outward appearances. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment. In the midst of all the moral confusion, it's easy to just make judgments based on your biases, based on emotions, based on what the majority of people think or what the people that you like being on their team think. And it's so important for us in this time to try to do the best that we can to step back and read scripture and, and seek God. Say, God, what do you say is right? What do you say is wrong? What do you say is just? What do you say is unjust? Because Jesus says, stop judging according to surface things, but make right judgments. Biblical uh, principles applied to judgment. If war in Gaza reveals this one thing, it is the moral confusion that comes when people don't believe and seek God, believe that God is the truth, believe the Bible is the truth, and seek him for truth. The result of that is confusion. And let's remember on the ground, the result of that is lives are being damaged in, in all kinds of ways because of a lack of surrender to Jesus Christ. One of the first pe people I ever met when I went to Israel several years ago was a man named Elias. Um, Elias and his wife, Abir, lived in Haifa, still do as far as I know. And um, I, they picked us up at the airport, Elias did, drove us to their house. Told us, he told us his story. He said he grew up as an orphan, basically. His dad died. His mom was Palestinian. So he grew up in a Palestinian orphanage. And in that Palestinian orphanage, they taught him to hate the Jews. They taught him just to despise the Jews. Well, he became turned 18 and he got a notice that he had to sign up for the IDF. He had to become an Israeli soldier. He said, no, I don't. My mom is Palestinian. I'm, I'm Palestinian. They said, no, your dad was a Jew. You're Jewish. You have to sign up. And so he signed up. And what he learned when he joined the Israeli military is that everything they taught him growing up in the Palestinian orphanage was a lie. All that they had taught him about the people of Israel was a lie. He said, as a result of that, he began, see, when he grew up as a Palestinian in the orphanage, he hated the Jews. But now as an Israeli soldier being told, um, uh, uh, discovering more of the reality, he said he hated 
the Palestinians more than he ever hated the Jews. And he said as a soldier then, as a result, he did horrible things, things that he did not want to talk about, didn't ever want to remember again. But the brutality, the torture, the murder that he committed basically as an Israeli soldier. The result, though, of that was guilt. The result of that was his conscience was haunted. As a result, he had to do something to sleep, and so he got addicted to drugs. He got addicted to alcohol. His, he became suicidal. The only thing that saved him was he met, uh, he met a beer, an Arab woman who uh, was a Christian. Who led him to Christ. And I remember him telling this story to everybody on the bus one day as, as he was sharing, and he just cried. You know, he said, um, giving his life to Christ is what finally gave him peace. He found forgiveness of sins. He found a way to deal with his past, freedom from addictions. And so he, it was a living testimony for the truth of Jesus Christ. I think about a beer as I think about the conflict that's going on right now in Israel. There are a whole bunch of people like um, Elias. I think about Elias um, in, in the middle of that conflict. People on each side who have been taught to hate the other. And as a result, they're doing horrible things to people. But inside of them, not only is there confusion, but they're, they're at war with God. They're at war with each other. How do you deal with that kind of conscience. What they need is Jesus. Um, Elias's example, though, also illustrates for us the two extremes that people can go to when thinking about what's just in this present situation. Uh, social justice people will argue that what the Palestinians have done is justified. This is what happens when you cage people up, they would say. Social justice people believe that justice is defined by oppressed and oppressor, that it's David and Goliath. Uh, David is the good guy. Goliath is the bad guy. Now, for social justice, or secular social justice people, it's not because David is on God's side doing God's will and it's that he's good. And it's not because uh, uh, um, Goliath is profaning God, working against God, trying to destroy God's people. No, no, no. What makes them good and evil? David is small. Goliath is big. So as long as there's a small guy who looks like the victim, who looks like he's oppressed, that's the good guy. That, point, that person can do no wrong. And as long as somebody has power, that person can do no right. That person is evil. By the way, that's part of the reason why Christianity, that's part of the reason why Islam and Buddhism and other religions can get such acceptance and sympathy in the United States among some people, but those very same people will despise Christians and Christianity. They, will, they won't hesitate to talk down about the Bible or to talk down about Christians who believe the Bible and Jesus. It's because Christianity is linked with Western culture, which is considered oppressive, and these other religions are considered um, victims of and in weak position. But so there are some people that because the Palestinians are in a weakened position, they see them as victims and therefore what they do is justified. That's one extreme. The other extreme though is Israel right and wrong, right or wrong. I'm going to be for them, right or wrong. 
Often this is from bad theology or bad eschatology. You know, people say like, you know, Israel is the people of God. Therefore, what they do must be okay. Well, you read the Old Testament and there were several times in the Old Testament where God did not say, just because you're my people, everything you do is right. In fact, God allows them to be punished more than once. He gets exiled because, because of not being obedient. In fact, Jesus wept for them because they refused to come to him as Savior. People say, well, one day Jesus will build the temple and he's going to reign from Jerusalem. Therefore, we have to support Israel in this because Israel is setting up for Jesus to come back to set up the temple. If that's your belief, there are a lot of people that believe that. I would just like to ask, why do you think the temple needs to be set up again since Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead? Didn't the temple, didn't the veil get torn in two for a reason? Anyway, both extremes overlook the fact that God is just. And what we need to do is think in terms of his justice. We're accountable to him for right and wrong. Acts 17.3, Paul's preaching to the uh, the scholars in Athens on Mars, Mars Hill. He says, God has set a day when Jesus will judge the world in righteousness. There's coming a day. God is looking down in this world right now and judging in righteousness. And what I want to know is, God, how do you see things? 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. Reminds me of the words of Thomas Jefferson, who said, I fear that God is just and his justice will not be silent forever. Wise people live with a conscious awareness that God is just. So in everything, we need to realize God's justice is the standard. Again, as I'm trying to, I'm not saying that it's not confusing. It is very confusing. But at the same time, I refuse to just kind of throw, I know people people say, well, it's just all complicated. Uh, There's not going to be a good ending. And therefore, I'm not going to make any judgments. No, I think that as Christians, we ought to try to think, try to apply biblical principles to say, hey, what is right and what is wrong? For everybody involved, what would God think? It is clear, for instance, to me, that the Hamas attack is evil. I think a failure to recognize that is a failure to to understand what God says is righteous and unrighteous. They target civilians. They target children. They inflict as much pain and terror as possible for a reason. They record themselves boasting about the evil that they've done and parading murdered citizens in the streets. I'm concerned about people who lack the moral core to be able to stop and say, that's wrong. That's evil. Justice also means that I believe that Israel has the right to defend itself and to do its best to defeat Hamas. War is ugly. And I'm going to talk about more about how God has delegated the right to war to the state in Romans 13. Um, I remember reading C.S. Lewis said, one, one time C.S. Lewis said, I can't find the reference anymore, but he said, uh, something to the effect, if war is ever right, peace is ever wrong. If war is ever just, and we talk about just war theory, peace is sometimes unjust. War is ugly, but because justice matters, sometimes war is 
ordered by God. Um, and, and I think that we need to understand that. Now, living in the D.C. area, there is no lack of people with expertise on um, the Middle East. One of my friends has been deeply exposed to both sides of the conflict, um, both studying as well as, as being there and spending time there. Um, he made a couple of points. He said, Brett, first, I don't discuss Middle East conflict with people because most people don't understand what they're talking about. He said, people who get into arguments about the history of things and how the history of things will you know, prove what they're, to, to justify their opinions of how things should be, should happen right now. He says, it's useless to argue that because basically people will pick and choose, kind of cherry pick the history that they want to focus on. And like he said, he said, most people um, don't really know what's going on. And I would put myself in that category. So wisdom is most of the time, I, I think it's best to avoid arguing about kind of the history of things to prove your point and that like you have a better understanding of history than somebody else. Second thing he pointed out well, though, was he said, there's a saying in the Middle East, Brett. Um, and th- th- my, my friend has spent, uh, a lot of time actually with, uh, um, with a speechwriter for the president of Lebanon at one point and even spent, had president of Lebanon in his home. And so he's, um, he understands, uh, uh, the, he has a perspective of, I think of, of the whole thing as a result of that kind of thing. They said everywhere in the Middle East, you can ask an Arab, you can ask a Jewish person, You start the sentence, they can all finish it. Start the sentence, I will compromise, and everybody there can finish it when I have a gun to my head. There's an old axiom that war is diplomacy by other means. So while war is ugly, unfortunately, there are times that it's necessary to bring peace. If war is ever moral, peace is sometimes immoral. Justice means also, of course, that that war needs to be carried out as mercifully as possible. That's why we have just war theory. That's why um, we uh, believe that it is moral to do the best that you can to um, to not take civilian life, to not take innocent life. I think one of the greatest tragedies of war, of course, is the devaluation of life. People quit seeing other people as human beings and just see each other as the enemy. One of the things I respected about uh, Robert E. Lee in the Civil War, he said he never called the people on the other side the the enemy. He always called them the people over there. It's dangerous for us to devalue life in the midst of, at the same time, carrying on uh, a, 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 a justice, being the hand of God for justice in a thing called war. So we need to avoid unnecessary casualties. At the same time, can can I, I, I'm taking a, a leap here, perhaps, in this connection. Maybe these dots don't connect. But remember, several times in the Old Testament, like in the Ten Commandments, God says that He will, you know, He shows, you know, He shows mercy mercy to generations, but that He will visit the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. Why is that? That's always kind of confusing. Why is it that if the father sin, the 
children's teeth are set on edge. Um, sometimes it's because the third and fourth generation are involved in the activity. Sometimes it's just that candidly, they get punished because they are just part of the punishment. It, it just happens in the process of justice because justice is sometimes merciful. And this is what happens in war sometimes. Sometimes the third and the fourth generation that maybe haven't been directly involved in the evil done um, become casualties of the worst. But that doesn't mean, but that doesn't justify being reckless. But at the same time, I think we have to be realistic. By the way, that attitude is also what's best for those who are fighting. Remember my friend Elias. He acted out on the hatred, his hatred toward the Palestinians. And his guilt personally overwhelmed him, drove him to find peace somehow. And I just wonder how many people are going to wrestle with that right now. See, what we need to remember when it comes to justice ultimately doesn't bring us back to understanding the cross. Um, justice mattered so much to Jesus that it killed him. Remember the cross. Jesus gave up his life. Why? Because of justice. Life is precious because it's made in the image of God. We are human life made in the image of God. But Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross that life is not more precious than justice. And so war, although ugly, is sometimes necessary. Isn't that why we defeated the Germans? Isn't that why after Pearl Harbor, people didn't say, oh, we need to have a ceasefire? No, we said, justice must be done. So the Germans and the and so Germany and Japan won't do this again. And the result was Germany and Japan becoming our allies. Well, I see I've gone longer than I intended to. I'll pick it up there next time. Or next time we're going to talk about how God delegated delegates justice to the state. Heavenly Father, again, thank you for your word. Purify our thoughts. Help us to think thoughts after you. Um, and, you know, if I've uh, been wrong, help people to recognize that and to hear from you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Hope to see you soon.